It was a school morning. And instead of walking the kids to school, which they usually did, they, the couple said that they would drive their kids to school that morning. But then when they got to the street that the school was on, they didn't turn in to the school's parking lot. They drove past it. And the kids then started questioning, well, what's going on? Where are we going? And so then they made another few turns, and they got on 581, and then they got off at the airport. And that's when the parents told the kids that they were going to Disney World. Thrill of thrills. Now, when I heard this couple tell this story, I thought, you didn't tell them ahead of time? You didn't celebrate with them that you guys were going to Disney World? You didn't plan it with them for months in advance? Because that's what I would do. You know, people do things differently. And I just like to anticipate things. So while I'm on one vacation, I'm already thinking about what we're going to do on the next vacation. Because I like to, I I find, I don't know, enjoyment. It's probably some mental problem. But... (laughs) I, I, just, I just like to anticipate things. And, and I think the retailers take advantage of that by putting uh, all these things out for Christmas over two months in advance. But So we've been anticipating Christmas for months, right? We've heard it on the radio. We've been dreaming of a white Christmas. We've been hearing the jingle bells. We've been imagining chestnuts roasting by an open, crackling fire. We've hung our stockings by the chimney with care. We've decorated the lovely branches of our tannin balm and hearkened to the angels' good news, all in preparation, in anticipation of Christmas Day. And now, did you notice that after all that anticipation and preparation, that Christmas Day had the same limited number of hours as every other day of the year? Was that a disappointment to you? It was to me. It's not to everybody. I recognize that, that I am lucky in that way. But now we have used up trees on the curb, and big blue trash cans are dribbling ribbons out of their mouths. And we've said goodbye to people we love for, or won't see maybe, for another 362 or three days. And we're savoring the memories of the snow of the warmth of being around people we love, of that love exchanged among each other. And as we do so, the baby Jesus is growing. And we heard the story here Thursday night about um, the baby Jesus being born uh, in the stable because there was no room for them in the inn. And so now that baby is growing. Now, the gospel lesson that's prescribed for this day or this particular Sunday of the year, is when Jesus is at the temple. He's 12 years old, and, you know, his, maybe you remember the story, but his parents take him to the temple, and then he stays there, and he's teaching the rabbis, and his parents lose him. Well, I just couldn't make that jump in three days, two days, from zero to 12. I don't know. Cars can do that in a very short amount of time, but I can't. Um, And I wanted to savor the baby Jesus and, you know, let that sink in just like our last hymn was talking about. And so we we can savor the baby Jesus at the same time as we consider what it means to hold on to Christmas, December 27th, 
and beyond. Neil Epler wrote a, um, some information about this passage, and he questions, why is it that we prepare for weeks and months and then we just celebrate for one short day? And I noticed, you probably did too, that on December 26th, Q99 and Sunny FM, our local radio stations, they play Christmas music for a whole month, and then I guess at midnight, cut it off. Okay, we're back to our regular programming, and Christmas is over, and let's just forget about it all. But Epler reminds us that Christmas is not over with the passing of one day of celebration. And like we said earlier, Christmas lasts for 12 days traditionally, and so we still have the poinsettias and the chrismon tree and the, all the lights and the advent wreath and the Christ candle even lit, reminding us that Christmas is not over. It's a good thing for the church that we remind ourselves that Christmas is not over. So Epiphany, January 6th, that's after the 12 days of Christmas, um, we celebrate the light of the star coming. And one thing that I just learned recently is that some schools in Europe take that day as a holiday. But Epiphany is a, a, the 12th day of Christmas, is a holiday for them. And so we're reminded then that Christmas is not just 12 days even, that Christmas goes year to year throughout And so what we want to look at today in this passage from Colossians is what does it look like to make Christmas last throughout the whole year? In this letter to the Colossians, Paul spells it out. What are the characteristics of a Christian? What are the characteristics of a follower of Jesus Christ? And he notes, um, Epler notes, that many of these characteristics mirror some of the things that we see during the Christmas season, some of the characteristics. Well, it's been said that many a woman who thinks she has purchased a piece of clothing for a ridiculous price has actually bought it for an absurd figure. I'll give you a minute. It took me a minute, too. I'm thinking about clothing, though. How many special sweaters or ties only see daylight right in December? Most of us have them. We dress for Christmas on the outside, like a nicely wrapped package. A neighbor brought over a package for us last week, and it was beautiful. It was this light gold square box. And it had a darker gold glittery ribbon that had little glitter falling out. So we had gold reminders all through our house. And then this elegant bow was on the top. Now, do you want to guess what was inside? What? Lights? Okay, that's a good guess. String of lights. Anybody else want to take a guess? Gift card? Cookies, candy? Truffles. Chocolate truffles. The only thing that makes my mouth water more is Joyce Wallace fudge. (laughs) So we had this elegant package on the outside, but for me anyway, not to Brian, but to me, it was elegant on the inside as well. It was beautiful and life-giving. It was wonderful. So think about us. 
You know, sometimes we dress as an elegant package on the outside, but do we want somebody to open up that box and our, our box and see what's inside? How does that make us feel? Sometimes we don't feel very wonderful and delicious on the inside. Well, Paul tells us in these verses how to dress for Christmas on the inside. Compassion is the first piece of clothing that Paul would have us don. Christmas is a time when we participate in many acts of compassion. We give to the needy or feed the hungry. Our church has done that with our shoebox ministry to Standing Rock Reservation and gifts for Catawba Hospital and monetary um, support for missions around the world. Being able to give to those in need is a real privilege. More challenging, though, I'm discovering, and, and more fulfilling, is to give our time and give ourselves. And I hope that we as a church will find more opportunities to do that in the coming year. So compassion is one thing. And alongside that, Paul writes that Christians should, com- should clothe ourselves with kindness. Christmas is a time when we, we remember to be kind and considerate to others. People will help others carry packages and hold open doors during this season and they might not remember it next month. But what would be different if we continue to show that Christmas compassion, that Christmas kindness in dreary January or February? One little act of kindness like that might make someone's day. So along with compassion and kindness, and we won't go into humility and meekness, but Paul writes also that Christians should clothe ourselves with patience. Our children needed patience when they woke us up on Christmas morning at 4 (laughs) a.m. Or maybe you felt like Margaret Smith who said, My parents have been visiting me for a few days. I just dropped them off at the airport. They leave tomorrow. Time is a gift, no matter how we use it. Time is a gift. And so Paul calls us to be patient with ourselves and with others. And the most important thing with which we need to clothe ourselves is love. Above all, Paul says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That's a beautiful sentence which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Christmas is certainly a season when we express love. We share the love of family as we gather for meals or reunions. We share love of friends as we gather for parties and social gatherings. We share love even with our coworkers and classmates as we have office and school parties, as we exchange gifts, and as we gather for services of worship. Tony Campolo tells a story that reveals how one woman woman learned to clothe herself with love and how one simple act made a great difference. Miss Thompson is the one he tells about. Miss Thompson taught Teddy Stallard in fourth grade. He was a slow, unkempt student, a loner, 
who was shunned by his classmates. The previous year, his mother had died, and what little motivation for school he may once have had was now gone. Miss Thompson didn't particularly care for Teddy either, but at Christmas time, he, like some of the other children in the class, brought her a small present. So her desk was covered with all these little well-wrapped presents, and then came Teddy's in the little brown paper sack. When Miss Thompson opened it, there was a gaudy rhinestone bracelet with half the stones missing and a bottle of cheap perfume. The other children in the class began to snicker, but Miss Thompson saw the importance of that moment. She quickly splashed on some of the perfume and put the bracelet on and pretending or pretending that Teddy had given her something very special. And at the end of the day, Teddy worked up enough courage to say softly, Miss Thompson, you smell just like my mother, and her bracelet looks real pretty on you. I'm glad you like the presents. Campolo says that after Teddy left, Miss Thompson got down on her knees and prayed for God's forgiveness. She prayed for God to use her as she sought to not only teach these children, but to love them well. She became a new teacher. She lovingly helped students like Teddy, and by the end of the year, he had caught up with most of the other students. Miss Thompson didn't hear from Teddy for a long time, and then she received this note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know I will be graduating second in my class. Love, Teddy Stallard. Four years later, she got another note. Dear Miss Thompson, they just told me I will be graduating first in my class. I wanted you to be the first to know. The university has not been easy, but I liked it. Love, Teddy Stallard. Four years later, Dear Miss Thompson, as of today, I am Theodore Stallard, M.D. How about that? I wanted you to be the first to know. I'm getting married next month. I want you to come and sit where my mother would if she were alive. You're the only family I have now. Dad died last year. Love, Teddy Stallard. Miss Thompson went to the wedding and sat where Teddy's mother would have sat because she let God use her as an instrument of encouragement. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Paul's admonition challenges us as a church. It's easy to love ourselves. It's easy to take care of each other. It's a lot harder to love people who don't look lovable on the outside, the Teddy Stallards who are sort of unlovable. These people are not really dressed for Christmas. But we can be. That's what the grown-up Jesus of Nazareth did, and that's what Jesus calls us to do. As we wear our compassion, our kindness, our humility, our meekness, our patience, our love, and our forgiveness, regardless how people, of how people respond to us, we are called to be that to them. We love them in Jesus' name and for God's sake. These aren't 
just clothes to be put on for one day of the year or one season of the year, but every season. Babs Bell, I'll try this name, Hadusowitz said, setting a good example for children takes all the fun out of middle age. But I think about that as Christians, that we are setting an example, not just for our children in this church, but for children beyond these walls and for adults beyond these walls. Um, We all need to learn. We all need to learn about who Jesus is and be better examples of his love. It really can be extremely fulfilling. But fulfilling or not, Christ calls us to break out of our comfort zones and be his hands and feet. Whatever you do, the last verse of today's passage says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whenever we offer offer love to another person, we are dressed for Christmas. And the love of Christ peels forth like the carol of the bells, like the great Christmas bells in the European churches that ring out in excitement, like the bells that you hear at Calvary that ring out when we finish worship, reminding us that Christ loves and that God loves and that God loves through us. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, help us to make Christmas continue. We thank you for the warmth that we have felt and pray that that warmth and love and acceptance would overflow through us to care for those in need wherever we encounter them. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.